0: for listening to our podcast recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website gatewaychurchashford.ku.k. Father we thank you for the immense privilege of uh, worshipping you, former enemies now becoming friends. We pray too Father for today for the the Alpha Way Day that's taking place at the Riverside. We thank you for all the team, Peter and Fran and Uh, We pray particularly that there will be many encounters of your presence to change lives. We thank you, Father, for Alpha, what it uh, has done for so many countless thousands upon thousands of people being introduced to you, but also introduced to you in an encountering way. And we pray today, Holy Spirit, that your presence would be manifest and tangible in their lives. In your name we ask it. Amen. Uh, Tim, I thought that word, uh, I've gone off. Am I okay? Am I on? Yeah? I, I thought that word you brought, Tim, about a plumb line from Zachariah, wasn't it? Um, about what's happening here was so helpful because we are indeed, I didn't see it in this context before, but we are indeed dropping a plumb line. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit's dropping it through us, through the culture we're wanting to set, a common culture that we're going to li- live out um, work in, work out, um, to provide a, an environment where the Holy Spirit is very happy to be around us. Um, because God is a person, three in one. God the Father, Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he, his, he desires a relationship with each one of you and to know you more and to have more of an encounter with you and you with him. And I have to confess um, I find there's a real danger in preaching on this subject. I have, I, there is a, hopefully a godly fear, but I have a fear that I could come over as one who's got it because I could click and paste, I could do lots of reading, and I could give to you a good biblical background and thesis on the presence of God and why we need him so much. And I want to say to you, I'm not there yet. Right. I nearly bought a pair of learner L plates from um, a motor spare shop so I could uh, preach with learner plates on today because I just feel I'm I'm not even at the foothills when in comparison to some of the people I've been reading about this week and studying because we have this phrase there must be more I tell you what there is more and I've had encounters with God I felt the manifold. Manifest Presence of God touched my body and I've not been able to stand. I've actually heard God's audible voice to me on one occasion where he just said my name. That was all. I actually heard it. It was God. But I just, I'm just scratching the surface. There is far, far more for each one of us. And that should, this should be a really encouraging message that, that you can. there's more of God that you can experience Than you're doing right now. It's just a wonderful, wonderful privilege to know God. I've been, I've discovered a book by a um, a man called Walter Butler. Is a German. There he is. Never heard of me before. Has anybody ever heard of him before? Put your hand up. Nobody has. And he's written a book called The Manifest Presence of God, A Spiritual Journey. And that's what, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you've started already on a spiritual journey to, which will culminate. One day you'll see him face of that face and you will, you will encounter the presence of God totally. The Apostle John, he was caught up to heaven and he, he encountered the Lord and he just fell flat on his face He just as one dead. Um, but yet fully alive. I, I'd like to explain to you a little bit about Walter Butler. Butler. He was a, a Bible teacher, and um, he, he was passionate about knowing the presence of God. And I'll just give one illustration. Jesus started to come into his bedroom at night, well, the early morning, actually, 2.30 in the morning. He heard his door, the door handle turn on his door, and... He woke up and in walked the resurrected Jesus, the ascended Jesus. And what do you do when that happens? And he got out of bed, sat in the chair, and for for an hour he would just be quietly in the presence of Jesus as Jesus was in the room. The next night, 2.30 again, he heard the door handle go, He woke up and there was Jesus waiting just to presence himself with him. And as he just sat there night after night and going to sleep again at 3.30, it seemed that Jesus would let him get back to sleep again. What began to happen was he began to know the power of God in his life and ministry in a way he'd never known before. One Bible college student wrote this. um, when they, he sat under his ministry, Walter told us several adventures that he had had with his friend that day. I'll never forget this one. He called Jesus his friend, by the way. Isn't that? Do you ever call Jesus your friend? Um, I'm just starting to do it. And I'm discovering a lot. He's my friend. Anyway, when, he, when Walter arrived in Bangkok, he discovered his baggage had been lost. He decided to go to the motel and wait until he received a call saying that his baggage had arrived. But no such call came, so he decided to go back to the airport and go to the conveyor belt to check. Nothing. He, he pretty much reconciled himself to the fact that his baggage was lost. Who's ever had that fear in their life? And figured on buying replacements. As he turned to leave the conveyor belt, he suddenly felt the presence of the Lord... It seemed to him that the Lord didn't want him to leave the conveyor belt. Walter began to appreciate the presence of his friend and began to worship Jesus. He got caught up in worship and suddenly the luggage appeared on the belt. It had gotten mixed up with luggage from another flight. Walter finished telling us stories about how his friend, that day, uh, he did interesting things. He slowly turned his back to the congregation Handy waited. Okay. I thought I haven't seen this before. No one moved. A holy hush took over. There was a total silence for several moments when suddenly a woman started crying. She began to confess her sins to the whole church. I couldn't believe it. Walter, he just continued to wait with his back to the congregation until she had finished. No sooner had she had finished than someone else stood up and began to confess their sins to the church. Person after person stood. Eventually, I stood as well. The presence of God was electrifying. It was serious, compassionate, loving. All that, when finally things quietened down, again, Walter Butler turned back to the congregation and thanked us for loving his friend and walked off the platform. That's, that's a dimension I've only scratched at. And most probably you've only scratched at. But that's, that's your friend. He had developed a relationship with his friend Jesus that above everything else, his friendship with Jesus is the most important thing daily in his life. And I, this, for me, is so exciting that we can have a deeper relationship with Jesus this week than we've had last week that's, that's our possibility to have that, that tangible awareness that Jesus is with us so we've been looking over the last year about the up in and out, first of all we, we need to focus Godward, then inward, then outward, um, but the priorities this is why we're, we're prioritising in, in, our, in our culture series, the presence of God it's him that is first and foremost, the roots of new frontiers um, starts really with, with Terry Virgo, others as well. But Terry, as a, as a young man at Bible College, he would go to Westminster Chapel, and uh, he would sit under the ministry of Martin Lloyd Jones. And uh, we're going to play a, a, a short video of Martin Lloyd Jones. Now Have we got it. We turn the lights off if it comes. Oh, great! If we can turn the lights off, please. Father, we we want you we don't want to play at uh, following you or compartmentalise our life with you as we sang earlier this morning when your presence touched us you can have it all and to you all belongs so Holy Spirit right now we pray these words would be sealed in our hearts for greater intimacy with you in the coming days, weeks and months, Amen thank you I just want to say, by way of an explanation, the Lord doesn't want, doesn't relate to this world because he lacks something. It's not that he's incomplete without you or me. He's quite happy within himself. Uh, God draws near out of an abundance of who he is. That's because he's love. He'll have a, he wants to have a relationship, and intimacy with us. And to understand God, we must under, recognize that his drawing near to creation stems from his being distinct from creation. In other words, there is no deficiency in God at all. Okay, there's no deficiency of God. He's completely happy in himself. But because of who he is, he reaches out to want a deeper relationship with you. And so God does not come to us needy or wanting, but rather he comes to revive, as Isaiah 57, verse 15 says, to quote, to revive the spirit of the lowly and the heart of the contrite. That's that's the heart of our God. The Bible emphasises God's manifest presence not only is omnipresent. So we know God is omnipresent. Omnipresent everywhere. So this morning we were praying for the Alpha for away day. He's there as well. It's quite clever, isn't it? But, but he also wants to mani- manifest himself specifically. The psalmist, 139, uh, Psalm 139, 1 to 12, um, well, from 7 to 12, it says this Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will be be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. Now there's a clear difference between saying God is everywhere and saying God is here. God is here. There are moments where God is here. We sensed it today, didn't we, when we worshipped? Did you sense that? It was a moment of intimacy when we sang that song. And the story of Scripture begins and ends with the presence of God. So in the, 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 the garden, that first garden, the Garden of Eden, God created Adam and Eve. Adam, man, means man, and Eve means life. What lovely names. Man being given life. And it says in Genesis chapter 3, and Adam and Eve, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord because among the among the garden. Now we know why they hid themselves from God, because they had just sinned. But they had already known the voice of God before that, otherwise they wouldn't have known it. So before that... Theologians believe that God was already walking amongst the garden to have fellowship with them. And what a superb picture of intimacy, that God would come down and just walk with Adam and Eve. That's how it was meant to be. It started with a garden, and we look into the last book in the Bible, Revelation, we see it ends with a city... And what about this city? God is in the midst of the city, Emmanuel with us, fellowshiping. It's beautiful. Walking with God is such a beautiful thing. Now we know that Noah was famous for his outstanding faith with patience. He inherited the promise of, of building the ark. It was a it was a a, a, a momentous thing that he did. He walked. With God, though, that's what caused him to be able to have that sustained faith. It says in Genesis 6-9 that Noah walked with God. So it's not just Adam and Eve, it's now Noah. Then we find that Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more. It said he was just taken up into heaven without actually dying. One moment you're walking with God, the next moment you're in heaven with God. So here there's a bit of a story being drawn that God seems to like walking with people. Do you remember the, um, when those two disciples on the road to Emmaus after Jesus' resurrection and they were um, so confused because they, they were still trying to work it out and Jesus started walking along the road with them? Wow, if, when you're walking around, Marissa, this week, And Jesus could be walking with you. We have a God who gets alongside and walks with us. It's a beautiful picture, a fantastic potential for you to realise when you are going about your work, Jesus is with you. We know the verse, don't we? Jesus said, "I I will be with you. But to think that he really is with us, Walking, this is what Jesus died for, that you and I might have a sense of his presence with us. The last thing he said, I will be with you always. He's not a fibber. And this is the, this is the thing that's been hitting me this week afresh. Oh my word, there's so much potential in my relationship with Jesus to, 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 to unpack that he really is with me as a friend all the time. And I've got to tune into that reality and it will become a greater awareness of that reality because I want to walk with him. As I said, Enoch walked with God, then he was no more. He was taken up into heaven. Just imagine that one moment you're with Jesus in prayer, then the next moment... You're there. Wow, that's a, that's a great way to go, isn't it? I recently heard, uh, read an article of a man who had had a fatal heart attack while having sex with a prostitute. Imagine how terrifying it must have been to that moment then before the face of Almighty, in the presence of Almighty God. Pretty Pretty freaky. But what, how did that guy get like that? Because most probably, I understood he was a, uh, a Christian source, but he compartmentalised his life into bits. Well, that's the God bit. Yeah? And it doesn't touch the rest of my life. And so this wonderful picture of Jesus walking with us through everything we do, that's how it should be. That God... be with us he wants to be with us it's a beautiful picture god walking in the garden jesus himself said blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god and that makes sense doesn't it (laughs) because there is no darkness in god he's light he's a father of light so if there's darkness in us we're gonna have trouble encountering God. That's why Jesus says, when you pray, say our Father, and you know the the Lord's Prayer, where he says, forgive us our sins. It's a daily cleansing. Some people say, you don't need to ask Jesus for cleansing every day. Well, you might not, but I do. (laughs) But I want to be pure in heart, so I can encounter him daily. So it's not a problem. Jesus died to bring us close to him. That's why we keep short accounts, I, this week at the Riverside, um, I t- I've just got to get out of the office for a bit, and I I've, um, I, I noticed some, you know those trees at the back of the Riverside um, aligning the path? Beautiful. There's a beautiful oak there. And uh, um, the Bible talks about us being oaks of righteousness, doesn't it? And I looked at this oak, and I thought, actually, it's been strangled to death. There's ivy grown up the trunk, and it's just in every branch. There you go. And I thought, I'm gonna, the only way we're going to the, stop the tree from dying now, because it's been strangled, is to cut the ivy. Look how thick it is there. And I, as I cut it all back, I realised actually there's new shoots growing. And I thought, wow, what a picture of how the sin so easily entangles us. The, the writer to the Hebrews says, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily entangles us so that we may run with patience... The race set before us. So it may be that, well, Graham, I don't feel close to God. and You know why you don't feel close to God? Because there's some uncleanness there. Deal with that and enjoy his presence. Yeah? The way you're speaking about people, I don't want to go through this, but you will know that which is entangling you. The interesting thing about this ivy even though you cut off a good section of the root, as you can see, it's like two or three feet of the root gone, it's it, it's feeding off the tree as well. And that's what sin does. It feeds off our lives. And we, we, that's not our identity in Jesus. You know, we are being created clean by him through the blood as he shed on the cross for, for, for us. And so that... Was all the cross is about you being made clean and me being made clean so that we may have fellowship? And there's even a verse in 1 John about as if we confess our sins, we have fellowship with him. That's the purpose of the cross that we can have more fellowship with Jesus. With me, yes, you. David cried out in prayer, King David, give me an undivided heart that I might not sin against you. You know, God's presence then is not just something to be encountered in a meeting on a Sunday morning, as good as that is. And the moments, you know, today, we thought, oh, I'm just lost, I'm just lost, I'm just lost in you, Lord, I love you. And thank you, musicians, you serve us brilliantly. But God's desire is, for us is to walk with him through the day. That's his desire, and when we get that, it begins to be a bit different. We begin to understand it differently. There's a new depth. Brother Lawrence, um, was, um, uh, 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 his, his name was, I'm going to talk about Brother Lawrence for a moment. He, he, he had a dramatic religious conversion. He was called Nicholas Herman. He decided to devote his life to following God and learning more about Christ. He joined a monastery and took the name Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. What a wonderful name. What's your name? My name is Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. It sounds quite, quite cool, doesn't it? There he spent the rest of his life working in a kitchen and repairing fellow monks' sandals. But during the decades of doing seemingly menial jobs, Brother Lawrence discovered a profound truth about having a relationship with God. Experiencing his presence should and can happen everywhere in whatever we're doing. That was his discovery. His life was given over to that through the menial. Well, Graham, you don't understand after looking after two kids and, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. No, I don't. I don't. But God does and he can be with us in it. Though much of his time was spent serving others, the wisdom brother Lawrence gleaned from praying throughout the day. Wow, praying throughout the day—not just have. A, we we often emphasize, don't we, the need for, for having our time with God. He said, "No, just have you, not don't do that. But your time with God is all the time. You, you you walk with Him. You can have a you can have a chat with God through the day. It sounds so simple, but it's profound. He was saying." His letters and discussions with peers were later compiled into a now classic book, The Practice of the Presence of God. Has anybody ever heard of that before? Okay, third of you. It's really worth a good, it's a good read. He said this, and I'll give you a taste on a mindset of prayer. He said this, one way to recollect the mind or to gather the mind easily in the time of prayer and preserve it more tranquilly is not to let it wander too far you should keep it strictly in the presence of God. Okay, keep your mind in the presence of God. And being accustomed to to think of it, word accustomed, being accustomed to think of him often, you will find it easy to keep your mind calm in the time of prayer, or at least recall from it some of its wanderings. Uh, I heard... um, one person in the church this week. being been incredibly authentic. That person said, the, "My problem is when I'm, I, I get so distracted by social media. You know, um, so many WhatsApps and every WhatsApp. It's a, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? You know, you ping, 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 ping. The way to deal with it is to, in Jesus' name, put all social media outside the door when you're praying to Jesus. That's." <laughs> That's a good way to do it. You know, but things are always pressing in on us. But for Brother Lawrence, he said, no, I'm I'm, 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 I'm not going to be distracted. I'm going to often think of Jesus. 1 Peter 4, 7 says this. The apostle wrote to the, to the church, the end of all things is near, therefore be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray. What he was saying here is that we need to be very careful with our minds if we're going to pray effectively. If we're going to keep ourselves in the awareness of the presence of Jesus daily, don't let your mind wander. Now, we're not, you, know, you know what I'm not saying? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's not that. But particularly when we're fellowshipping with him, Pull your mind back. It's the battle for the mind will keep you in the presence of with a sense of the presence of God. And what he's discovering, and I've got my L plates on here, what he's saying, if you keep working on this, you will discover more and more a sense of the presence of God through your daily life. Because he is with us. He says he will be with you, Simon, every day. So it's you have got to not that you don't do it, I'm sure you do you look so spiritual. But but you've got to catch your mind up or train your mind to live up to the reality of what God has promised, yeah? Taking every thought captive. Another quote from Brother Lawrence is this. uh, The king, full of mercy and goodness, very far from chastising me, chastening me, embraces me with love, makes me eat at his table, serves me with his own hands and gives me the key of his treasures. He converses and delights himself with me instantly and incessantly in a thousand and a thousand ways and treats me in all respects as his favourite. Now, we're all his favourites, we know that. It is thus I consider myself from time to time in his holy presence. There's something going on here, isn't there? There's a, a beautiful relationship He's discovered and, and uh, uh, cultivated with Jesus. And God covenanted right at the, from the beginning, he uh, planned to covenant to bring his presence back to his people. That's why Jesus died, that we may know and encounter God. There's a, there's a verse in Revelation 21, it said this, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look... God's dwelling place is now among his people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. There's something going on here that's pretty obvious. God wants to be with you, he wants you to know his presence. That's the big story. That is a big story that God wants you to encounter him and to to become more aware as you grow in your faith that he's with you all the time. No matter what. That's why Jesus prayed. He told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because in heaven you will know God totally. So pray for some of that now. A bigger measure of that now. And at the heart, then, of God's covenant is the relationship. And the Bible makes it clear that the central plank, as it were, of God's redemptive strategy is to enable you and I to have fellowship and friendship with him. Jesus said, no longer I'd call you servant, but I'd call you a friend. You know, how do you treat your friends? You, your friends are your friends, aren't they? <laughs> you know, you have friendship with your Friends. That Jesus saying, I'm not calling you servants. I, I see you as a friend. I see you as a friend. Yeah, but Lord, I've done this now. I see you as a friend. Come on, let's build a relationship together daily. Let's get to know one another more because I, I know you, but I like to hear about you. Imagine what those first conversations were with them. Um, uh, with Adam and Eve, when he walked in the cool of the garden, he was I think he would have had a conversation with them, don't you? I mean, what do you think he... Uh, this is not a rhetorical question, but what do you think he may have just talked to them about? You can go live on the internet now. <laughs> what do you think he would have said? Silence. I think he would have said something like this. Do you like what i created? How are you getting on with the authority that I've given you to name the animals? And how are you two getting on together? Do you like what I've done? I just think that's what friends would do, wouldn't it? You know, that's, that's talking with God and God talking with us. So encountering God's presence starts with having faith what the scripture says and choosing to live in that reality. You got it? Really choosing to live in that reality that He is with us. Not as if it's true, but because it's true, we live in that reality. And carrying an awareness of the presence of God with us through a day does a number of things. He starts speaking to us and He starts revealing to us mysteries he starts revealing to us his heart the prod of God to bring the kingdom in you know my story about the asparagus right I've had the most abundant asparagus ever asparagus bed I gave my first tithe of my asparagus and it's just stopped not growing it's still growing and growing and growing and the other day, I, it was actually yesterday, I, yesterday afternoon, I, I felt a real prod from God to go down to the allotment. And uh, to, asparagus has grown yet again. Loads of the stuff. And there was um, somebody um, way, way over, a far side, was having a huge argument um, with his wife. And the tension was so great. And I, I just felt God say, go and, go over to him and offer him some asparagus. <laughs> this is really spiritual stuff, you know, this is deep stuff. I thought, I don't want to go there, he must probably punch me, you know. Isn't it? <laughs> so I, I went over and I said, and these kids were there and I thought, oh, you could feel the tension, you could have cut the air with a knife. And I said to him, would you like some asparagus? And he said, no, thank you, we don't like it. <laughs> we, like, he told me that they don't like it. I said, okay, that's fine. I came away, and I just sensed the Lord pressed me. He said, now you watch what happens. He stopped arguing with his wife and berating his kids. They're trying to put some netting up. I thought, what was all that about? It was a kingdom kindness driving back darkness because the kingdom had come in that moment and it just melted the anger because he encountered something of the kingdom of God you got it, what we're talking about so the presence will bring direction to our lives in Daniel in the lion's den um, but well, he was in a furnace as well, I and mean, he had a tough time, didn't he? But he got put in a furnace, and uh, um, he got he got basically stuffed really by um, various people, and uh, the, 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 he got manipulated, put in put in this furnace, and uh, with his two mates, and the king is it King Darius or Nebuchadnezzar, one of the two? He looked through the window, and he and because he, he didn't want him to die, he got he got stitched up, and he was in in the furnace, and uh, they see there's another guy in there with the three, and they're walking around. They're just walking around, having a chat. Well, hold on a minute. Who's this fourth guy? He said it, 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 the Bible says it seemed he looked at the appearance of the Son of Man. So Jesus was there in the furnace, and they were chatting. Man life. That's got a lot of applications. Maybe some of you are in a really hot spot at the moment. You're in a tough situation, whether it's work or family or whatever. Jesus doesn't sort of bail out when it gets, the temperature gets a bit hot. He's right with you in it. He really is with you in it. He's in it for, for the long haul. And in suffering, you know, you think, well, you don't know how much I'm suffering, Graham. Well, you don't know how much I'm suffering. I'm sure you're suffering more than I am. But God's presence can be with us in suffering. The Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4.16 said this, At my first defence, no one stood with me, but everyone deserted me. May it not be charged against them. This mighty man of God, an apostle, and people, well, I don't agree with you, they left. (laughs) Everyone left him. Wow, you'd think more successful, more people would be with you. But Paul said, no, everybody left me. They bottled it. But it said this, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so through the message it would be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles would hear it. So I was delivered from the mouth of the lion. Actually, Jesus seems pretty good at delivering people from the mouth of the lion. But here there was a suffering taking place that Paul said, "Yeah, in the suffering, Jesus was with me in it. He is a faithful God. He is a faithful faithful God. There's a... We talked to somebody who's just had a lovely story about a, a person who's just started coming along to here this church not here today and uh, it seemed a lot of things weren't going well for this person. And she, she's walking along the beach. Didn't know the Lord. She's walking along the beach and just poured her heart out to, to God. And I said, God, if you're there, I just give all this mess to you. I just surrender everything. You can have my life. Have it all. Walking along the beach. Jesus is good at walking along beaches and doing fires and doing fish for people. Do you remember that story in the New Testament? She's walking along the beach and she finds, without realising, Jesus has been walking along by her side, listening to this, doesn't even know him, but she's so desperate. She says, you can have it all. And Jesus, I'm sure, said, thank you very much, I'll take it. She said, in that moment, all the burdens were lifted and had the most incredible joy float through my being. Didn't even hear a preach. One heart's cry, God, you can have it all. And in a moment, God says, thank you, I will, I'll take everything, sin and all, and bang, you can have my presence. Joy overflowing and life's different. This is the kingdom of God we're coming to. And as we li- choose to live in his presence daily, we'll hear God speak to us more and more about what to do. You heard last week, uh, uh, um, those of you here, a Sue's testimony about praying for that lady who's um, got cancer. Um, I bumped into her husband this week, and uh, he just said, I oh, so good that your wife came and prayed for my wife. And he said, She you know, she's feeling a lot, lot better. Now, I know she's having medication. We, you know, I, I'm not a problem with that. So often you say, oh, God's healed me, and they find that I've been taking medication. But he said there was a dramatic change in her since that moment. Started eating again. And he said, thanks, Sue for how I will. And as he walked away, he shouted, prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer works. And I shouted, yes, and medication too. (laughs) Because I want to be authentic. But he's the one that said, prayer works. How did he get to that? Because one daughter of the king was choosing to live a lifestyle seeking his presence. And and when we are in that place of his presence, because of who he is, he will speak to us. He will speak to us. There was uh, the church at Antioch in Acts 13, just in closing. They were worshipping and fasting, and the Holy Spirit said, Separ- separate apart from me Paul and Barnabas. Wow. God chooses. Oh, this is my book. Because revelation came in the presence of God, not by natural selection. When Jesus chose the twelve, before he chose the twelve, it said he went up into a mountain to pray all night for those who should be with him. Twelve, twelve, all night, that's one an hour, isn't it? Twelve disciples, twelve hours, Jesus knew the vulnerability of making big decisions on who was going to follow him and be in that core, without putting himself in the presence of God and saying, Father, what is your will? And so I, I, I put it to you, church, this is good news for each one of us, that we can have a deeper relationship with him because he certainly wants it with you. And no matter what stage you are at in your Christian journey, he's enough. But it's an adventure. This, we are talking about an adventure with him. And as you, become, you and I become more a, aware of his presence, you're taking him into your company, you'll find that things start to happen around you more. Because people will encounter more the presence of God in you. Can you just stand and I'll pray for you then we'll conclude. Father, the time's gone, mm. but you haven't. Yeah. And I simply pray for my friends, this family, that in this, your still small voice would speak in the coming hours and days that you'd move us forward, Lord, bit by bit, that we would become more acquainted with you, more comfortable with your presence, more attuned to you, so that, Father, we are carriers of your presence into a very needy and broken world. I'm asking this, Jesus, my friend. Amen. Okay, just let me read one verse just before you go. Colossians chapter 3, it says, Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of all honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you have died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. That's his presence. Okay, think about the realities of heaven as we leave from here. God bless you all. There's coffee served if you're visiting. Uh, There's coffee out there as well. And uh, enjoy the rest of the day and the week. Thank you.